0: Hi, you're listening to a sermon from Oak Hills Church in Folsom, California. We're so glad you're listening. If you'd like more information, you can visit us online at oakhills.org or phone us at 916-983-0181. I'm going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Well, in the previous section of chapter 3, just before what I read, the Apostle Paul describes the incredible purpose of the church, not just in the world, but in the entire cosmos. The church has a purpose, he says, in both the seen, the visible, and in the unseen, invisible realm. Verse 10 of chapter 3 Paul says his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Rather fascinating statement. His intent was that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms that phrase that verse has stumped smart people for a very long time but Paul is saying at least through the church the big global church and the local one that meets each week he's saying the multifaceted wisdom of God is revealed and here's the astounding piece Paul says God's wisdom is revealed through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. That is, to the invisible powers and principalities and forces that are at work in this world. That's an amazing statement. Paul is setting forth a compelling vision of what the church actually is and what is actually happening when people from all walks of life gather together each week Fully aware of their differences, but united in and through the living person of Jesus Christ. And Paul is stressing why the church matters. Why it matters that we gather each week as a local congregation. You see, one of the big, earth-shattering, mind-blowing developments in the early years of the church was the inclusion of the Gentiles in this new thing God was doing. This is what Paul calls the mystery. In Ephesians chapter 3. The doors have now flung open and anyone, regardless of nationality, race, gender, age, income, politic, status, anyone is welcome at God's table and welcome in His church. And the multifaceted wisdom of God is revealed through the different people who now gather together as the church and they love one another and they encourage one another and they are in some impossible way to describe held together and strengthened through the resurrected Jesus. And so Paul is teaching in Ephesians chapter 3 that the phenomena of the church declares and announces the supreme power and goodness of Jesus to the invisible powers and rulers and authorities that are at work in the cosmos. So while it may seem like a gathering of a decent-sized crowd in a big square building where music is played and songs are sung and prayers are prayed and sermons are given, according to the New Testament, there is far more happening when we gather in His name. And the thought of this mystery... The wonder of this ideal of the church, the magnificence of the whole story, enthralls the Apostle Paul. And it drives him into what we might call a pastoral frenzy for the church. And so he says from our scripture reading, for this reason, because this is so crucial, because the church matters so much... I kneel before the Father and I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. One of the first things to notice is that Paul is writing this to a community of people, not to a group of individuals. He's writing this to a community of people, and he is saying to them, And he's saying to us, I pray that the Spirit will empower you to experientially know the transforming love of Jesus so you become a community, a church, where His presence is undeniably real. And remember, God can do way more than we can ask or imagine through a community of people who are devoted to Him and to the way of His kingdom. Three times in this scripture reading, Paul mentions the power of God at work in the church. And that power, Paul reminds us, is the exact same power God used to raise Jesus from the dead. That kind of power is unleashed, Paul says, and at work in the church if we don't find ways to squelch it. And we could talk about these things and their implications for a long time but I want to narrow this down to something rather simple today, but so crucially important. This thing called church is a really big deal in God's unfolding plan for the world. The New Testament continuously tries to elevate our vision and elevate our passion for the church. So here's the simple takeaway I'd like for us to consider. Each one of us has a vital role to fulfill in this local church. And I'm not talking about a role serving somewhere, though that is important. And I'm not talking about the role each of us has to give sacrificially, though that is important. Each of us has an important role to fulfill when we come together into this gathering to worship God. And if we don't fulfill it, it will not be fulfilled. When we gather, in other words, like this, you have a role to play in our worship of Jesus. You have a role to play as well in ministering love and grace to other people in the room. You have a role in helping us O kills express the manifold wisdom of God. You have a role in helping O kills be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You have a role in helping the rest of us experience the width and depth of God's love. And if you don't fulfill your role when we come together, then we will not be shaped into His community the way we otherwise could be. See, something mysterious, something wonderful, something transformative, something powerful, something God-glorifying and people-edifying... Happens when the church gathers together and when each one fulfills their crucial role to play. Last weekend, if you were here, you may recall 50 people roughly came forward at the end of the service, walked up onto this stage and participated in a communal dance. 50 people different in all sorts of ways. Age, race, gender, and I think we can say Dancing ability, different in those ways. But these 50 people had a role in the service at the very end of the service. They came forward for this communal dance. And a few thoughts have been swirling in my head since last Sunday. One is, we should do something like this every week. We forced 50 people to be here for two services, and our attendance went up. So we should do that all the time. Another thought. Those 50 people, you may remember, were scattered out in the crowd. No one knew they were going to emerge out of the crowd and come forward. So they were 50 people who had a role, but they were scattered among us for the bulk of the service. I was talking to somebody this week who was telling me how Wonderful! They thought the end of the service was and how cool it was to see those 50 people get up. But he was telling me, he said, you know, I love the moment, but I got a little nervous because I'm looking around and I'm going, oh, I know them. The husband's over here. Why is his wife over there? They must be fighting, he said. And then he said, and then I saw one of their children was over here with the husband and the other one's over there with the wife. I thought, this is a serious fight. They're like dividing up right here in the room. Here's what I noticed about last weekend. The entire service seemed different to me from start to finish. Seemed more urgent. Seemed more purposeful. Seemed like there was greater intentionality. If you'll permit me, There was a palpable hunger in the room. And one reason, I think, is because 50 people in this room knew they had a role. They came here that day knowing they had a role. So they came in here focused, intentional, prepared, and ready to fulfill their role. And God has a long track record, it seems to me, of making Himself known to those who are hungry for Him. In other words, last Sunday, those 50 people did not walk into this room for themselves. What they got out of it all was secondary to what they gave to God and what they gave to the rest of us. They came here to worship God And to serve other people. And from the beginning of the service until the end, I think their intentionality shaped the room and shaped the whole experience. It was a profound reminder of the role each one of us has every single time we come together. Our role is, each one of us, to give ourselves fully in worship to God and to keep our eyes and our ears open to how the Spirit of God might want us to serve and care for someone else in the room. I've been thinking about this all week. Imagine if 50 or 100 people were to come into this gathering each week prepared and ready to fulfill their role. Not a role up front, but they came knowing they had a role among us and they came knowing what that role was they came knowing their role was to worship god fully and pay attention to the spirit for how they might minister to someone else imagine if 50 or 100 people did this when they walked in here imagine if 50 or 100 people each week were not here for their own benefit they weren't here for themselves They didn't come in here thinking about, what am I going to get out of this today? They didn't purposefully miss the parts they didn't think they were going to get anything out of. So they came later. That wasn't even on their mind. They weren't here for themselves. They came because they knew their role was to offer themselves fully to God in worship. And pay attention to how the Spirit of God might have them minister to someone else who's in the room. Now, I'm not suggesting that this gathering is the totality of what it means to be the church. Absolutely not. But this gathering is crucially important to what it means to be the church. And the power of God is at work in and among us when we gather, if we will allow it. And if we, each one of us, will cooperate with it. So your role and my role when we come together is to realize there's more happening than we can see with our own eyes. This is not a spectator sport. When we gather, I have a responsibility, not because I'm one of the pastors. I have a responsibility to offer myself in worship to God as fully as I can to give him my attention, to give him my preferences, to surrender my complaints, to hand him my insecurities, to give him my adoration, to offer myself to him in worship. That's my responsibility when we gather. And when I do that, I help shape us and make room for God in us. And when I don't do that, I help shape us. And here's the thing, each one of you has the exact same responsibility. Your role and my role when we come together is to realize there is more happening than we can see with our own eyes. And I have a responsibility and you have a responsibility because every single week people walk through those doors into that lobby and through these doors into this room and profound stuff is happening in their lives and in their souls. And the Spirit of God has this unique way of orchestrating encounters and interactions that are transformative and healing if we are paying attention. And if we're willing to cooperate with what He's doing. And with what He wants to do for the sake of someone else. It is amazing and powerful the little things, how the little things can be so powerful in the context of the gathering of the church. What do I mean? We see someone we don't know and we introduce ourselves. We ask someone how they're doing and we hang around to listen to the real answer. We notice those who seem alone and we reach out to them to try to connect with them. We notice someone who appears to be hurting and we ask the Spirit of God, to help us care for them. You imagine 50 or 100 people in this place every week thinking beyond themselves. Last weekend, a vision that we have talked about many times became a little bit clearer to me because 50 people seized their role in this gathering. They came with intentionality. They came to bring an offering of themselves to God in worship, and they didn't pay attention to all the thoughts that slam into their brain and say, don't do this and don't do that. They came and they offered themselves fully to God. They came to serve the rest of us. See, this is nuts and bolts stuff. It's coming to church prepared to fulfill a role, and every last one of you has a role. Jesus, you are here with us. So I offer myself to you as best I can in worship. And I pray that today, before I leave here, you will use me to minister to one of my brothers or one of my sisters. Open my eyes so I can see those who are here who need me to remind them of you. Imagine if 50 or 100 embrace their role. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we don't pretend to understand all of the details, but we simply lean into and recognize the truth of your Word, that when we gather in all of our differences by the power of the Spirit, And when our identity in you takes precedence over all of our other identities, we proclaim and we announce to principalities and to rulers that Jesus Christ is the resurrected King and we belong to him. And we announce and we proclaim to a divided and fractured world that Jesus Christ is strong enough to bring different people together and hold them in his grip. So we pray that you will continue to teach us to be people who discover our role and get out of ourselves, that we might give ourselves fully to you and fully to one another. And we pray this in Christ's name.